This is the New Song Church podcast. You're listening to a service from our church in Oklahoma City. Wherever you're at today, we hope this helps you to better know God and to practice the way of Jesus. Now here's the message. With us, I hope that you are enjoying your new year. I hope that it's off to a great start for you. I hope that uh, your season, hopefully you're fasting with us and just experiencing all that God's doing and enjoying your being transformed journal and all that we're doing. You know, we're going through the whole New Testament in 21 days. It's a lot, but man, God has been speaking and I've heard so many great testimonies from people. In fact, last week, uh, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we had our, blo- our Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, we had our blocks conference and it was so amazing. Anybody at blocks this, this year, you were there? such a powerful time. In fact, I encourage you, if you weren't able to be there, to go back and listen to those podcasts, listen to the messages, uh, and just be a part of that, because it really was amazing what God did. We actually got some incredible testimonies back of people who received healing, people who got direction for their year, people who had all of a sudden these doors, like things they've been believing God for, praying for, all of a sudden doors came flying open. In fact, I was in the lobby after first service. I was talking to a lady and uh, she told me, she was like, I was at blocks and I, I've had this really bad sciatic pain in my hip. And some, when, when we were praying for healing, some people laid their hands on me and the pain just went away, just went away. It's been gone. And uh, so many stories like that. In fact, I want to encourage you, if God did something for you during blocks to let us know, please let us know. We'd love to share that with the church. I'm telling you, your, your testimony is encouraging to other people. And so don't, don't you know, hide it under a bushel. Let it shine, all right? Get it out there. Let other people know about that. Uh, blocks was so good. And uh, thank you for being there. Also, yesterday, Serve Saturday. We had Serve Saturday. Had 50 people. Yeah, 50 people who went into the community and served. You know, we want to be... We want to be a church where if like we, we, we had to close our doors, our community would feel it. Like they would feel it. Uh, we, ain't, we ain't closing our doors, but, but we, would want, we want to make a difference. That's what that means. We want to impact our, our city. We want to impact the community. And so uh, 50 people from our church went into schools and just ministered and, and served and painted and cleaned and did all sorts of stuff yesterday. So thank you for all of you who served. And if that sounds good to you, and it should as a person practicing the way of Jesus, I want to encourage you to join us for a Serve Saturday sometime. It's really awesome. All right. If you got your Bible, open up to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Get your Being Transformed journal out. Get ready to take a lot of notes. We are in week two of our series, School of the Spirit, where we are talking about the Holy Spirit and introducing you to this incredible friend called the Holy Spirit who wants to be with you in life, that Jesus sent to be a gift to walk with you through life. I'm talking about who he is, what he does, how to live the life that he's called us to live in partnership with him. And uh, I, I want to remind you, this series is called School of the Spirit, right? So we're, we're taking you to school, and I want you to get ready today. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a lot of scripture today, all right? I'm going to give you a lot of scripture, and that's because, here, here's the reason why. Because, yes, I don't want you to walk away from this service going, well, that's just Pastor Josh's opinion. It is my opinion, but my opinion is not my opinion. My opinion is what the Word of God says. So I want to show you who the Holy Spirit is. In fact, if you're taking notes, you can write that down. This message is called, Who is this Holy Spirit? We're talking about who the Holy Spirit is. And I I want to introduce you to this incredible friend that Jesus gifted us with to walk with us and to help us through life. So Acts chapter one, get ready to take a lot of notes today. As you're getting ready, uh, I want to just remind you of something. Hopefully you know, and that's this. God has more for you. 
In fact, you may be an introvert. You may not like this, but do it anyways. Look at the person beside you and say, God has more for you. God has more for you. And I, listen, I don't care where you find yourself today. Maybe you're brand new to church. And by the way, if you are new, we're, we're so glad that you're here. Thank you for coming. My name's Josh. I'm the pastor. Me and my wife, Sarah, we pastor lead this church. We'll be out in the lobby after the services or we'd love to meet you. Make sure you stop by and say hi to us. Maybe you're brand new to church. You kind of found yourself in here and you're just kind of looking around going, what, what do these people know that I don't know right now, right? If that's you, we want you to know God has more for you. He really does. Or maybe you've been walking with the Lord for a while. Things are going pretty good. You're starting to really, you know, get into this being transformed in the image of Jesus type stuff that we talk about here. But, but I want you to know, even if you're kind of getting there, I want you to know God has more for you. Yeah. Maybe you've been following Jesus for years, like you're 50 years into this and you've, you've walked with the Holy Spirit, you've, you've operated in the gifts of the Spirit, like you know all that stuff. I want you to know wherever you find yourself, God has more for you. And, and one of the reasons why this series is important is because the Holy Spirit is the helper who wants to help you to step into the more that God has for you. And so my encouragement for you today as we talk about this incredible gift of the Holy Spirit today is to have an open heart into what God would say. So would you bow your heads, close your eyes, and let's pray as we jump into the word. Lord, we love you today, and we're grateful for your presence. We're grateful for the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we, we ask you to make yourself known to us today. We thank you for this gift of the Holy Spirit that, that Jesus sent that God sends to us through Jesus that we can operate and walk with. And I pray that there would be a revelation of the Holy Spirit made manifest in this place today, that in the hearts and minds of people, Lord, those who are nervous about the Holy Spirit, God, that you would just help them with that. Those who don't know the Holy Spirit, that you would help them to know you. Like every person in here would walk away, not with a deposit from man, but from a, with a deposit from the Lord, that we would walk away with wisdom from your word. Lord, we thank you as we look at your word, your Holy Spirit wrote it. So we pray that it would come alive to us today through the Holy Spirit, that we would see things that we've never seen before. And we love you and we thank you for it. We give you all the glory and the honor and the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody say this. Say, I need the help of the Holy Spirit. Charles Spurgeon says this. Without the Spirit of God, we can do nothing. We are ships without wind. We are useless. Warren Worsby says this, it is futile for us to try to serve God without the power of the Holy Spirit. Talent, training, and experience cannot take the place of the power of the Holy Spirit. God has more for you, but in order for you to embrace the more, you have to embrace the person of the Holy Spirit. So Acts chapter one, let me set this up for you. Jesus is getting ready to ascend to the Father. He's done everything that he needed to do. He's accomplished the work that he needed to accomplish. He's died on the cross. He's been resurrected. He's preached and shared this kingdom message for three years. And now he's getting ready to go. And he's giving some final instructions to his disciples. In fact, these are the final words of Jesus before he ascends to the Father here. And so, you know, final words are a big deal, right? If you know these are your last words, he knows these are the last words he's going to share with them in person. So he knows this is a big deal. And so he gives them instruction. And now understand this about the disciples, okay? These guys have been walking with Jesus for three years now. They've been with him. They were hand-selected by him. He picked them and chose them to follow him. And they have been eyewitnesses to the ministry of Jesus. So think about this. They've seen him doing the miracles. Like they've seen people be healed, like incredible healings take place. They, they've seen people be resurrected from the dead. Like they've seen some awesome stuff 
go down. They've heard the teachings of Jesus. Like they've been there in the crowd as Jesus shares these incredible kingdom truths that he's sharing. But beyond that, they've also been in private conversations with Jesus where he, he took the message to the crowd and he broke it down even more so, so that they could understand it. They've had those kind of interactions with him. They've been able to ask him questions and get personal instruction and direction from Jesus himself. Like the access they have had is amazing. They have been apprentices under the son of God. And they've also been witnesses to the resurrected Jesus. He's died on the cross. He's been raised from the dead. They've seen the scars in his hands and his feet. They've seen it. They know this is Jesus. They believe he's the son of God. They believe he died on the cross and was resurrected. They are saved at this point. And they've got the gospel message. And Jesus has told them, I want you to go into the world. I want you to preach the gospel. And so I'm guessing they're kind of primed for this. But Jesus gives them final words here, his final instructions. And in his final instructions, he doesn't say, okay, now go. He says, wait. He says, wait. Look at this with me, Acts chapter one, verse four. And being assembled together with them, talking about his guys, these dudes that have been with him for three years, all the time, he commanded them, commanded them, strong language, not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. Everybody say, wait. wait. Say it like you mean it, wait. wait. Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. In other words, I, I've been telling you about this promise. We're gonna look at that in a minute. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So Jesus' final instructions to his guys, these dudes who have been with him day in, day out for three years straight, are not to go. It's not, hey, guys, take off, go do it. It's, hey, I want you to go over here and I want you to wait. Because even though you've got the gospel message, even though you've been trained by me, you don't have everything you need to fulfill this commission. Because it's a commission, which means it's a co-mission, and there's someone I'm gonna send to you to help you to fulfill this mission so it becomes a commission, and that is the Holy Spirit. So get this, Jesus says to his guys, his followers, these dudes that have been with him all the time, his disciples, he tells them, being personally trained by me, is not enough. You need something more. You need the help of the Holy Spirit. You need to be in partnership with the Holy Spirit in order to do what I've called you to do. And so the disciples go to the upper room. The day of Pentecost comes and they are all filled with the Spirit. And from that day forward, what we see in the church, what we see as, as this gospel message of Jesus is being brought to the world is, is that the Holy Spirit is a vital part of everything that is taking place. The early believers looked to, depended on, interacted with, and spoke about the Holy Spirit all the time. The Holy Spirit was this vital part of the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ being birthed into this world and, and beginning to grow and to make the impact that it makes in the early church. But in the church today, especially in America, we see the Holy Spirit is not so much emphasized. In fact, I love what A.W. Tozer says. This is interesting. He says, if the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop and everyone would know the difference. He says this, if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. So think about this. If these believers, these disciples of Jesus, who are now trying to practice the way of Jesus, if they needed 
the Holy Spirit, these guys who've been walking with Jesus, personally trained by him, if, if the New Testament church that has been witnesses to the resurrected Jesus, many of them, if they needed the empowerment and the strength and the person of the Holy Spirit to carry out their mission, who are we to think that we can do this church thing, this, this kingdom building thing without the help of the Holy Spirit? You need the help of the Holy Spirit. God has more for you, but if we're gonna step into the more, we need the Holy Spirit. God has more mission for you. He's got more purpose for you. He's got more vision for you. He's got more people he wants to reach through you. He's got more stuff he wants to do through your life and in your life. But if he's gonna do it, you need the help of the Holy Spirit. So who is this Holy Spirit? Who is he? Well, I wanna talk about who he is. I wanna talk about, in a little bit, I'm gonna talk about what he does. But before I get into what he does, I wanna talk about who he is. Because typically when you're introducing someone, you don't just talk about what the person does. Like if I was introducing you to my friend Josh Romano over here, I won't go, this is roofer. He works in the roofing industry, roofer man. Like, no, 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 I'm gonna go, this is my friend Josh Romano. And I'm gonna explain like what he does and who he, like I'm gonna introduce you. So that's what I wanna do today. I wanna introduce you to this Holy Spirit. And here's the first thing. If you're taking notes, write this down. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. Now look at this with me. Jesus is introducing the Holy Spirit in John 14, 15, and 16. He's talking to his disciples, these guys that have been with him. And this is, remember in Acts, he said, I've already told you, this is where he's telling them. John 14, 15, 16 is one, is one, uh, occasion with, with the Lord. Even those three chapters, it's one talk that Jesus is giving with his disciples at the Last Supper. And he's explaining to them this helper, this Holy Spirit. And he says this, John 14, starting verse 16, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. Notice that word helper. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. And I want you to notice the parts I emphasize here. That he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. So Jesus is introducing his disciples to the Holy Spirit, and as he does, he doesn't notice, he doesn't introduce the Holy Spirit as an it, he introduces the Holy Spirit as a he and a him. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is a person. And typically, when you're talking about a person, you don't talk about a person and refer to them as an it, right? Like if I'm introducing you to my wife, Sarah, I'm not gonna bring Sarah over and say, this is my wife, Sarah. I've been married to it for 20 years. <laughs> and isn't it pretty? And it has made my life so good. No, I'm not gonna do that because she's not an it. She's a, she's a person. And listen, it's important that you, you, you relate to the Holy Spirit as a person because we don't typically have personal relationships with its and stuffs and forces and powers, do we? At least we shouldn't. Like that's a little weird. Like every time I think about this, the, the, the image comes to my mind of this album cover I saw years ago and I could try to explain it, but I think you'll get it when they put it up here on the screen. I don't know what, I would love to hear this record. I don't know what's going on, but amen. And down here it says Eric. So I guess that's Eric. And Eric, is anybody afraid of wooden puppets in here? Is that like? But you look at that and you just go, you know, that just doesn't seem right. Feels a little weird. Feels a little awkward because you got this. Per okay, take it down. You got this person who's in an embrace with a thing. And we just kind of go, yeah, no, not good. 
Or maybe you know the guy who's like really into his car and it's kind of like, bro, calm down, okay? <laughs> calm down. <laughs> but here's the thing, like we don't, we don't have like personal real relationships with it, but we do have personal relationships with persons. And, and that's what the Holy Spirit is. He's a person. One of the ways we know he's a person is because he has a personality. Like that's what separates a person from like a chair, a person from a cockroach is like, you have a personality, you have a mind, a will and emotions. And that's what the Holy Spirit has. In fact, the Bible says in Romans 8, 27, that the Holy Spirit has a mind. First Corinthians 12, 11 says that he has a will. The Bible says that he has emotions, he, he comforts, he speaks, he teaches, he can be grieved, he can be insulted, he can be resisted. The Holy Spirit is a person. Durker Vanderspy says, it's impossible to understand the, the, Holy, the working of the Holy Spirit first without knowing him as a person. Like Christ, the person of the Holy Spirit is living and eternal. Right. And so it's important that you see him that way because you're not gonna really step into a real relationship with him. And listen, the Holy Spirit's the one that Jesus sent to walk with us in life. We wanna help people know God here at New Song Church. And so you need to walk in relationship, personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. And on that note, that leads us to point number two, which is that the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is a person, but number two, the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is the third person in what's called the Trinity, the Father, the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Three distinct persons with three distinct personalities and functions within what is called the Godhead or the Trinity. Trinity means tri-unity. They're walking together in, in unity. Now, I've heard people explain this in a lot of different ways. Like I've heard people say it's kind of like an egg, you know? You got, a, you got the shell of the egg, you've got the yolk of the egg, you've got the white of the egg, or they'll say it's kind of like an apple. You know, you call it an apple, but you've got the skin of the apple, you've got the meat of the apple, you've got the core of the apple, but you just call it an apple. I, I don't know really that we can fully wrap our brain around exactly what this is, but just know this, that, the Holy, that, 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 that God is three persons, and one of those persons is the Holy Spirit. And so that means he's God. He's God. In fact, let me show you a story. Acts chapter 5, we've got this story of Ananias and Sapphira. Some of you have heard this story before. But Ananias and Sapphira are a part of the New Testament church in the book of Acts, and people, like, God is up to something in the church. Like, miracles are happening, and one of the miracles happening is people are being generous. And that's like, a, that, that, you know God's moving when people are being generous. And so people are being generous, and they're like taking their life, and they're selling their possessions, and, and so people are doing this. And these people, Ananias and Sapphira, they have this piece of land, and they sell it, and they bring some of the profits from the sale of the land to the church. But they say that they're bringing all the prophets from the cell of land to the church. So they're kind of like trying to make themselves look better with this little lie. But Peter, who is operating in the gifts of the Spirit, has the discernment of the Spirit to know that this is a lie. And so he says this, Acts chapter 5, verse 4. Peter said to Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? So notice he lied to the Holy Spirit. And to keep part of the price of the land. Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not thine own? In other words, he's saying, if you wanted to keep back a part of it, that's, that's up to you. That's fine. Just don't lie to us and tell us that you, this is all of it. That's, that's a lie. Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied. So he's talking about the lie, again, that he said earlier, you lied to the Holy Spirit. Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto 
God. You lied to the Holy Spirit. You lied to God because the Holy Spirit is God. And so why is this important? Because here's the thing. I, I, I meet people sometimes and they're a little hesitant with the Holy Spirit. And they'll say, you know, Pastor Josh, I, you know, I love Jesus. I love God, but the Holy Spirit, I don't know. I just get a little nervous. Like I've seen some, I've seen some YouTube clips and, and listen, I have too, <laughs> but I've seen some stuff and it, it just, you know, I don't know. Like he seems like a bit of a wild card. So I love Jesus. I love God, but the Holy, I'm just going to keep the Holy Spirit like that part of God, like at arm's length over here. I'm not really sure I want to fully embrace him. Well, well, listen, the Holy Spirit is God. So understand in that moment, what you're saying is there's a, there's a part of God that I'm not really open to. There's a part of the character and nature of God that I don't really trust, that I'm afraid of, that I think might make me do or could cause weird things to take place. And I'm, I'm not really open to that. Listen, the Holy Spirit's a part of the family of God and he's not like the weird uncle portion of the family of God. He's not a force. He's not like an energy. He's not, he's not trying to take you over. He's a gentleman. He's like Jesus. Remember John 14? Jesus says, I'm going to send you another helper. I told you this last week. Another, that Greek word alos, means one of the very same kind, same nature, nearly a duplicate. So the Holy Spirit's just like Jesus. And what does Jesus say? I, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Like he's not barging in trying to take you over. He waits for your invitation. The Holy Spirit's the same way. He's sweet and loving and kind and is waiting for an opportunity to come and be a part of your life. A.W. Right. Tozer says it like this. The Holy Spirit is the epitome of love, kindliness, geniality, warm attractiveness, and sweetness. He is the sweetest, most understanding and wonderful teacher in the world. And he never panics anybody. It is sin that does that. Listen, you don't have to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, on that note, who do you think might make you want to be afraid of the Holy Spirit? Like, I'm going I'm to talk about some of the benefits, but let me give you a sneak preview. Who, who do you think might want to make you afraid of the one who empowers you for the Christian life? The one who wants to teach you all things. The one who wants to guide you into all truth and walk with you in life. Who do you think might want to make you afraid to walk in relationship with God with us here in this world? Of course, that's the devil. Of course, that's Satan, your adversary. And so what's he going to do? He's going to try to just show you enough to get you a little freaked out, to make you think, I don't know that I can trust this Holy Spirit. You know, I, I can't deny that you exist, but I can deny you from being a part of my life. Listen, don't do that. The Holy Spirit's not out to get you. He's, he's kind and he's sweet and he's just like Jesus. And you need the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen. He is God and he's a person. And, and you need to recognize that so that you can walk in a personal relationship with him. And he's God. And you need to recognize that, that he's just like Jesus so that you will embrace him in your life because God has more for you. And you need the help of the Holy Spirit to walk in the more. And here's the third thing is the Holy Spirit is our helper. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Now back to John chapter 14, 15, 16. I'm going to read you a bunch of verses here. But again, I want you to see this in scripture. This is not just my opinion. This is what the word of God has to say. John chapter 14, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. Notice all of these benefits that come with knowing the Holy Spirit. But the helper, that's the second time he's referred to as the helper, by the way. Verse 16, he's called the helper. So now two times Jesus has called him the helper, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things 
and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. That's pretty good news right there. I jump over a chapter, John chapter 15, verse 26. Jesus goes on to say this, but when the helper, that's the third time now that Jesus in this one conversation calls the Holy Spirit the helper, when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. One more chapter over, John chapter 16. Jesus still, same conversation, talk about the Holy Spirit. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. In other words, what he's saying here is, I, this may be kind of hard for you to wrap your brain around, but you need to wrap your brain around this. Look at this. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. This is Jesus talking. It's better that I go away, Jesus says. That seems like, uh, that's, that's, that seems hard to wrap our brain around, but we'll talk about that more. For if if I do not go away, the helper, fourth time, Jesus calls him the helper, will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him. Now look at verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. In other words, Jesus is saying, guys, you haven't arrived. You don't know it all. Even though you've been with me, there's still more I wanna teach you. There's still some apprenticing that I wanna do in your life. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. The Holy Spirit is your helper and he wants to walk beside you. In fact, that's what, that's what that word helper means. It's the word parakletos. Maybe you've heard the word paraclete before, but it's parakletos made up of two words, para, which means alongside and kletos, which means to walk. So what Jesus says is, I'm gonna send you a helper and he's gonna walk beside you and help you in this life. He is the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says this, it's to your advantage that I go away. Now that's where you're just kind of going, really Jesus? Like, because you're Jesus. Like how, how could it ever be better that Jesus is not with us? Like he's, Je like remember this is Jesus. Jesus who healed every person that came to him with sickness and pain and death, he resurrects people. He's pulling coins out of fish's mouth. Like this is Jesus we're talking about. Jesus, right? How could it ever be better that he is, that he's not here with us anymore, but that he sends the, this helper? How is that better? Well, remember the Holy Spirit is just like Jesus. Only there's one big difference between the Holy Spirit and Jesus. When Jesus was here on this earth, he was operating as both man and as, as both God. But he, there were parts of his divinity that he laid down to take up his humanity. For example, uh, Jesus, before he came to this earth, he was ever present. He was omnipresent, right? He could be everywhere all at the same time. But, but when he came to this earth, he confined himself to one body and one geographical location. So if Jesus doesn't ascend to heaven and send us the Holy Spirit, then Jesus would still be here in one location. So in order for us to connect with him, you would have to go to wherever he is and stand in line and wait for your turn. Uh, John Bevere, in a book he did a couple years ago about the Holy Spirit, he kind of put together this equation. So let me walk it out with you. Okay, imagine that you want to see Jesus under this equation. Jesus still here in the present like he was when he was here with the disciples. He, he's Jesus, so he's still in this form of, of, of a man, right? So that means he's still got to get some sleep. That means he's, he's still got to eat every day. So, so, you know, within his day, he can't just be going 24 hours a day. So let's, let's give him a 14-hour day, and let's have him working seven days a week. All right, 14 hours a day, seven days a week. Jesus is doing this, and so you want to go see him. 
And so in order to go see him, you, you know, well, there's a lot of people that want to see him. So you're probably going to have to wait in line. Well, let's say uh, there's a million people in line. Now, let me remind you that we live in a world today with eight billion people in it. I just looked that up this week. Eight billion people exist in the world. But for the sake of illustration, let's just say that there's only a million people waiting in line and you are number one million. And let's just say for the sake of the illustration that each person gets one minute with Jesus, 60 seconds, okay? Which isn't very long, but it's enough time to ask one question and get a quick answer, all right? So you're in line under this equation, waiting for your chance to meet Jesus. And under that equation, it would take you three and a half years to have your opportunity to stand before Jesus and ask him a question and get an answer. But now, because of the Holy Spirit, someone who is just like Jesus, almost a duplicate, listen, lives in you and is always available and never gets tired, never gets hangry, never needs a nap, is always available no matter what time you need him. If you wake up in the middle of the night, he's there, he's available. He can speak to you. He can speak to 8 billion people all at the same time. He can be everywhere present with every person on every continent in this world, speaking in every different language. Like this is why it's better that Jesus goes away and he sends the Holy Spirit because now someone just like Jesus can be with you and in you forever and always. Someone say amen to that. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. This is why it's better. God sent us this gift through Jesus, this parakletos, this, this one to walk beside us. That word parakletos, it means a lot of things. It means a comforter. It means a counselor. It means an advocate, an intercessor, a strengthener, and a standby. So let me break this down for you. Number one, he's a comforter. You need the help of the Holy Spirit because he's a, he's a comforter. Well, let me say it like this. He's like a security blanket. Now in our home, you probably can relate to this. In our home, we got a lot of these blankets around the house. We call them throw blankets. And that's, they're kind of thrown about the house on couches, on beds, blankets, right? And in our family, uh, a lot of times when we're hanging out around the house, somebody, especially my kids, will be draped in these blankets like little burritos. In fact, my son Gus actually has one that looks like a tortilla that he wraps himself in about 90% of the time. It's his little, little Gus burrito tortilla blanket, right? And, and, and why, why is it that we have these blankets? Why is it that we have a blanket on our bed and we call it a comforter? Why is that? It's because there's something about blankets, right? Like on a cold day, you know, you, you, you wrap yourself in a blanket. There's just, there's something about that. It's restful, it's comforting, kind of a sense of, you know, security and warmth in that. Now, it, it has its limits, obviously, but, you know, there's something about it. Well, I want you to know that the Holy Spirit wants to be that for you. He wants to be a security blanket, but he wants to be beyond just like what a blanket at home can do. He wants to provide you with a real sense of safety and security and peace and rest. In fact, look at this verse, Psalm 16, verse eight, because you are close to me and always available. Well, who, well who's that? That's the Holy Spirit, right? How, how much closer can he be than in you? Close to you, always available. That's the Holy Spirit. My confidence will never be shaken for I experience, look at this, your wrap around presence every moment. My heart 
and soul explode with joyful glory. Even my body will rest confident and secure. When, when life comes against you, when circumstances feel heavy, when you feel a sense of, of, of fear and danger, the Holy Spirit wants to come alongside you as your helper, as this gift from God. He wants to come alongside you. He wants to help you by bringing comfort and peace and helping you to step into the rest that comes with being with the Lord. The Holy Spirit is your helper and you need the help of the Holy Spirit. Here's number two, the Holy Spirit is your counselor. He wants to be your counselor. A counselor is a person trained to give guidance on personal, social, or psychological problems. I look back at John 16. Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit. He says, but when he, the spirit of truth has come, notice he's the spirit of truth. He will guide you into all truth. He'll counsel you. He'll direct you in all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. So he's the spirit of truth and he wants to guide you in truth. Now we're living in a day and age where truth is something that people would say, who can really say, right? Like we're living in a world where it seems like people are saying that truth is kind of up for debate. Who's to, who am I to say what's truth and what's not truth? That's, that's the world that we live in today. Well, well, I cannot say what's truth and what's true, but God can. And Jesus said this in John 17, 17. He said, thy word is truth. And when he said that, the word that he used for the word word is the word logos, which means the precepts given by God, the sayings of God. For he's so he's talking about the word of God. He's saying the word of God is truth. Now imagine something with me for a moment. Imagine, put yourself back in school and imagine you've got a big math test coming up. Some of you, you're getting a little sweaty just thinking about it right now, right? You've got a big math test coming up and you've got to pass this test. If you don't pass this test, you're going to get held back. Your parents are going to be so disappointed. Like it's a, it's a, you've got to pass this test. Well, imagine how helpful it would be if while you're taking that math test, if you could have the author of the book, the curriculum that the math test is coming from, imagine if you could have them sitting right beside you to lead you and direct you in how to take the test. So while you're putting together the equations to go, ah, I wouldn't do it like that. You need to look at that again and, and, and steer you in a way to take the test. How many think you're going to do a little bit better on that test having the author of the book with you? One of you. Cool. All right. Uh, imagine another equation for me because that one didn't hit. Let's imagine another equation. Imagine you're cooking a meal. All right. You're cooking a meal. You're cooking some beef Wellington. Difficult meal. You know, Julie Child's type stuff, right? <laughs> Difficult meal. You're preparing it for your family. Your mother-in-law is going to be there. You got to nail this. All right. So you're getting this, this meal ready. Imagine how great it would be if the, the cookbook that you're doing this from, if you could have like on a, on a number of levels, how awesome it would be to have Julia Childs like there with you, hanging out with you, telling you how to do it, giving you specific direction exactly how to cook this meal. How many of you think that meal is probably going to come out a little bit better? Okay. A few more of you. Good, good, good. Okay. Imagine this though. Imagine this. Imagine if while reading the Bible, imagine if while reading the Bible, if you could have the author of the Bible with you to lead you and to guide you to understand what the Bible has to say. Listen, that's what you have. The Bible says that all scripture is God breathed. And the Bible makes it clear that the men who penned scripture were inspired by the Holy Spirit. That, that it was the Holy Spirit speaking to them, leading them, guiding them to transcribe the heart of God. And the, the, it's not just a book of men's opinions. It's the book of the word of God. That's why we call it that. And Jesus said, I'm going to send you this helper. He's going to be the spirit of truth, the spirit of the word to lead you and guide you in the truth of the word. 
so that you can understand it, so you can get a revelation from what the Word of God has to say. D.L. Moody says this, the Bible without the Holy Spirit is a sundial by moonlight. Let that sink in. What does that mean? It's hard to read. Some of you, listen, you need to invite the Holy Spirit to help you to understand what's going on in the Word. He's in you, and he wrote it. When I'm reading the Word, I, I, I go to the Lord. Lord, help me. See this today. You authored this, and I know you want me to get it. You're not trying to hide anything from me. So Lord, I pray that as I read your word, that you'd make it come alive to me. You'd speak to me through your word and help me get a revelation of what your word has to say. The Holy Spirit is our counselor, and he wants to counsel you in the truth of the word of God. And Jesus also says he will tell you things to come. He'll tell you things to come. You know what that means? He'll tell you the future, the future. I read one time that the average psychic in America makes $200 an hour. Don't you be thinking, you know what? That sounds like a good job. <laughs> it's not a good job. You don't want that job. But people pay it. You know why? Because people want to know the future. But I got good news for you. You can know what the future holds and you don't have to pay some demon-possessed person $200 an hour in order to get it. You got the Holy Spirit in you and he wants to lead you and counsel you in all truth. And he knows what the future holds and he wants to counsel you today to step into the future that God has waiting for you in the days ahead. You need the help of the Holy Spirit. Here's number three. The Holy Spirit is our advocate. An advocate is a lawyer. An advocate is someone who stands in your defense. They, they plead your case. And one of the people that the Holy Spirit, the advocate of the Holy Spirit pleads your case to is you. He wants to remind you of who God is, like really who God is. He wants to remind you of who you are in Christ. Because see, you got an adversary, the devil. And the Bible says in Romans 12 that he's the accuser of the brethren. In other words, he's making accusations. He's coming against you and he's saying stuff like, you'll never amount to anything. You're such a loser. You'll always be this way. You'll never overcome this sin. You'll never, and, and, and when he does this, listen, the Holy Spirit, if you're welcoming him into your life, the Holy Spirit will go, I object. This is not true. This is truth. This is who God is. Know who the God is that you serve. And this is who you are in Christ. And God has great plans for your life. And God has a purpose for your life. And God's called you to do great and mighty things in this world. And he's given you a place with him. You're a part of the family of God. You're a child of God. He objects to the lies of the enemy and helps you to see the truth of the word of God. You need the helper of the Holy Spirit. He is your advocate. And number four, he's your intercessor. He's your intercessor. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit... The Holy Spirit also helps us in our weakness. We have weaknesses, right? What's our weakness? Here's one of them. We do not know what we should pray as we ought. You know, we don't always know what to pray for. We're limited in our understanding. But look at this. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings, or some translations say words. It's actually this Greek word, uh, aleatos, which means beyond words. It's these beyond words that we, that we pray, which cannot be uttered. Okay, so I'm not going to get into a lot of the details of this because I'm actually going to spend an entire message talking to you about what we're talking about here. But just know this, okay? The Holy Spirit wants, you to, help, wants to help you by yielding your tongue to the Holy Spirit, you can pray in a heavenly prayer language, praying in tongues, praying by the Spirit, where you can pray perfect prayers in perfect agreement with the will of God, with the word of God, about things, about beyond word prayers that go beyond what you can imagine, think, what you can put together in your mind, beyond what the enemy can, can try to stop in your life that empower you to step into what God has for you. It's good news, and we'll talk about that more in a little bit, so buckle up. All right, number five, the Holy Spirit is your strengthener. 
Am I helping you guys this morning? He's your strengthener. A strengthener is a person who gives strength and support to reinforce you and enable you to endure. Ephesians 3.16, to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself, indwelling your inmost, innermost being and personality. No, no matter where you are today, no matter how strong you may feel, no matter how confident you may feel, we all under the weight of certain pressures and things that come against us in this world can feel weak from time to time. And there are things that can cause us to break down. Like this is a reality. It's, it's almost like you're like a bridge. And every day there's stuff going over the top of that bridge. And, and the more stuff's going over that bridge, the, over time, it can lead to some cracks in the bridge, right? And those cracks begin to weaken the strength of the bridge. Well, what the Holy Spirit wants to do is he wants to come and he wants to reinforce those places of weakness. He wants to brace you up is what it's talking about. Brace you up and bring strength to you. And here's what's so beautiful about the strength of God, because it's not your strength that makes you stronger. See, God wants to make you strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Those places where you feel weak, when God's strength comes and embraces you up in those ways, you actually, in those places of weakness, you become stronger because you're now strengthened by the strength of God, which is stronger than the strength you have. This is good news. So you need the Holy Spirit. You need this strengthener. Romans 8, 11 says, but, but if the spirit of him who raised him, the spirit of God, who raised him from the dead, dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life. That word, that, that phrase, give life, means he'll revitalize you. He'll help you to come alive. He'll cause life to come in you. He'll give life to your mortal body through his spirit who dwells in you. His spirit, the Holy Spirit who dwells in you will give you this, revitalize you and bring strength to you. You need the help of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1-8, you receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. The Holy Spirit wants to help you by being your strengthener. So you need the strength and the help of the Holy Spirit. And here's the last one. The Holy Spirit wants to help you by being your standby, by being your standby. Anybody ever flown standby before? I'm the only one, okay, few of you. It's a, it's a blessing, let me just say that. Not really. But when you're flying standby, let me, let me kind of walk you through. Here's what happens. You're, you're waiting for an opportunity to get on the plane. And if an opportunity presents itself, they will call your name and you can seize of that opportunity and, and find a place within the plane. This is, this is what the Holy Spirit does. He's on standby, which means he's waiting for an opportunity. He's waiting for an opening. Remember, he's just like Jesus. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. I'm, I'm waiting for an opening. He's a gentleman. He won't go where he's not invited, but when he's invited, he'll come. And when he comes, he brings what you need. It, it, I was thinking about this week, it's kind of like 911. You know, you dial 911. And, and we all know what this means. Like you have an emergency in your life. There's a fire and you dial 911. There's, there's something going on. Or there's some criminal activity and you dial 911 and the police will come. And you, 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 someone is having a heart attack. You dial 911 and an ambulance will come. We know, we know this. We know that there's emergency personnel standing by waiting for an opportunity. They're waiting for the call. They're prepared. They're ready to come with the strength that we don't have. They're ready to come and bring something that we can't deal with. They're ready. But in order for we, us to have them there, we have to call them. Listen, the Holy Spirit has what you need. He has the counsel you need. He has the joy you need. He has the peace you need. He has the love you need. He has help. But in order for him to come 
and bring the emergency help to you that you need, you gotta call on him. You gotta call on him. Isaiah 59, 19, when the enemy shall come in like a flood. And that's one of the ways the enemy works. He works by flooding. He floods us with thoughts. He floods us with fears. He floods us. He tries to overwhelm us with this. Look at this, the spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit will lift up a standard against him. The Holy Spirit, when the enemy's trying to flood you and overwhelm you, and you call on the name of the Lord, you call on the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will come and he'll bring a new standard to you that helps you to overcome what's trying to overcome you. You need the help of the Holy Spirit. Here's what I hope you see today. God's got you well covered. He's got you really well covered. He sent someone, a gift, someone just like him, a person. And you need to see the Holy Spirit as a person because if you see him as a force, if you see him as a power, if you see him as dunamis or dynamite or whatever, you're not gonna relate to him like a, like a person. But, the, but he's a person and he's God. And he's just like Jesus. You don't have to be afraid of him. You don't be afraid that he's gonna make you do weird stuff. He's not gonna make you do weird stuff. He's gonna make you do God stuff. He's gonna help you do God stuff. He won't make you do anything, but he'll help you. He wants to walk alongside you and be your helper. He wants to be your comforter, your counselor, your advocate, your intercessor, your strengthener, your standby. You need the help of the Holy Spirit. God has more for you. God has more for you. But in order for you to step into the more, you need the helper. You need the Holy Spirit. I hope you'll come to know my friend, the Holy Spirit, because man, he'll change your life. He'll change your life. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes? What's the Holy Spirit saying to you in this message? I wanna encourage you. If maybe you've, got, you've had maybe some kind of preconceived notions of who the Holy Spirit is, or you find yourself going, man, I'm walking away from this, having a greater revelation of who the Holy Spirit is. I wanna encourage you, wherever you are, just, just there yourself, just say, Holy Spirit, I want more of you. I know you're a person and I wanna have a personal relationship with you. I recognize that you're God and I don't wanna be afraid of anything that's related to God. I, I wanna be, I wanna fully embrace all of God. I need your help. I, 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 maybe one of the things I talked about today really stood out to you. Maybe you find yourself in a season where you're dealing with fear, where you're dealing with heartache, where you're dealing with something. Holy Spirit wants to come alongside you. He wants to help you wherever you are, but you have to invite him. For you, just, just Holy Spirit, come. Fill me afresh. Fill me anew. Lord, I just pray over everyone here today. I pray that you just minister to everyone right now in this moment. I pray that they would know you in Jesus' name. Lord, I, I, pray, for a, I pray for a sense of the kindness of God to be in this room. Holy Spirit, would you, would you make known the kindness of God to the people of God? to people maybe who are away from God, Lord, that the kindness of God would draw them towards repentance, towards change in their life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. I'm gonna invite our altar ministry team to come down at this time. If you're here today, and maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God like you know that you should, maybe at one point you were walking close to God, but you've drifted, and you would say today, I know I'm not where I should be with the Lord. Uh, maybe at one point, like you've even done the deal, like you lifted your hand in a service, but that's kind of where it ended. Nothing ever really came outside of that. And 
you just have this sense of God calling on you and saying, hey, I love you, I'm for you, I wanna help you. The, the Bible says this, that whoever calls on the Lord will be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And the Bible says that when we, when we make Jesus the Lord of our life, that we receive a, a born again spirit, that we become brand new in Christ. Our, our spirit, which is dead, comes alive in Christ Jesus. And we're born again. This work begins inside of us. And now we, we work out what's been worked in. And maybe you're here today and you've never worked in Jesus and like really committed your life to Jesus beyond just a hand lifted in service. You've never really said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give my life to the Lord. Because that's what Jesus is looking for. He's looking for disciples. He's looking for people who are committed to follow him and to go after him. And if you've never really done that, we would love to pray with you today. We'd love to help you to step into a real relationship with the Lord. All you gotta do is come down here, let one of these guys know and they're for you and they wanna help you and they'll just pray with you. And then we also have some resources and some things we'll help encourage you in, some stuff to help you walk out what it looks like to walk with Jesus. We wanna help you get water baptized. We wanna help you get connected in the family of God so that you can be who it is God's called you to be. Maybe you're here today and, and you just have a prayer need. Like you would say, there's something going on in my life and it's kind of like, like a burden. Like I'm, I'm like that bridge. Like I feel like I'm weighed down right now and I'm burdened by something. And it could be in your physical body. It could be something that's going on in your thought life. It could be just needing an answer, whatever the case may be. Here's what we say here at New Song. If it matters to you, it matters to God, right? And you matter to God. God loves you. You matter so much. Jesus laid down his life for you. And, and, and he established the bride of Christ. That's what the church is. And so since it matters to you, it matters to us because we're the bride of Christ. And so we'd love to pray with you. Don't, don't leave. Please hear me. Don't leave today with a burden. If you carried something in that's heavy, don't carry it out. Leave it here. Leave it with the Lord. Cast that care on the Lord. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to join our faith with you for whatever it is that you're dealing with. So if any of that hits for you, I want to encourage you to come down and let us know as we close out this service. We're, we're going to go back into a time of worship. If you would, would you stand with me? And this is your time. If, if, if you need prayer for anything, receiving salvation, rededicating your life, burden, whatever case may be, this is your time. You can go ahead and start making your way down to the altars. If not, I want to encourage you, man, let's just worship the Lord Jesus as we, as we finish out this service. God's so good, isn't he? Jesus is so awesome. The work of the cross and what Jesus made available to us through relationship with the Holy Spirit, it's so good. It's so much, it's so amazing that we can be forgiven and we can walk close to God. So close, he's, he's within us. How awesome is that? What an incredible gift. So let's just glorify and praise God one more time. If you would just lift your hands up, let's, let's worship the Lord. Lord, I just thank you for everyone here today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the gift of the cross. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins. Thank you, Lord, for making a way so that we can be free and, and known by you. Lord, we're so grateful. And I pray, Lord, if there's anyone here under the sound of my voice who has a prayer burden of any kind, that you would draw them to the altars by your kindness, by your love. Draw them to the altars. Help them to step out in faith so they can receive all that you have for them. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening. For more information on our church or for more resources to help you grow in your faith, go to newsongpeople.com or download our app by searching for New Song Church OKC in the App Store.